Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome back to The Stacks. I'm your host here, Tracy Thomas. Before we get started with our guest this week, Becca Tobin, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has contributed to the show through Patreon. Patreon's a website that allows listeners to help support the shows that they love. It's a monthly subscription and you contribute as little or as much as you're able. We have some amazing people who are helping make this show possible. And if you're interested in being part of that, go to patreon.com slash the stacks. You get special perks for doing it and you get to know that you're helping make a show that you love exist. So thank you. Our most recent member of the Stacks Pack is Rachel McCon. So thank you, Rachel. If you're looking for other ways to support the show and you're not sure you can afford a monthly subscription, don't worry. I have a super easy thing you can do. You can use any of the links in our show notes to shop through Amazon and or iTunes, and we earn a small commission. Your shopping is normal, but whatever you purchase goes to support the stacks. So if that's something that you're able to do, we'd greatly appreciate it. Another way you can help the show and something that I bug you about every week is going to rate and review the show over on iTunes or wherever you listen. Also, make sure you're subscribed to this show. We're now on Spotify and SoundCloud. So if that's a preferred place to listen, go check us out there. Search for The Stacks. Okay. Let's get on to the episode. This week, our guest is Becca Tobin. Becca is an actress most well-known for her work as Kitty Wilde on the television show Glee. She's also one of three co-hosts on the show Lady Gang. It's a podcast that's going to be turned into a TV show this fall. Becca is a dear friend of mine. She's funny. She's smart. She brings so much joy into the world. So I'm very excited for all of you to get to know Becca a little bit better through her reading. All right, y'all. I am here with actress Becca Tobin, who is also the co-host of the Lady Gang podcast, soon to be TV show. Hi, Becca. Hi. I like how you started with "Hey, y'all." Hey, y'all. I always it, being from Atlanta. I feel really nice. There when you I go. Hear that. It ends up being "Hey, y'all" or "All right." That's how I always start I everything. Whoops. I'm not even southern. Okay, tell us about you. You're from Atlanta. From Atlanta. Um, I went to school in New York okay. for college, which is where we met. Yeah. Um, I went to a musical theater conservatory because I wanted to be on Broadway, like every weird little girl. And you did that. And I did that. Check. And, um, about six years ago I got a job. So I was working on Broadway. I was doing Rock of Ages and then I toured a little bit with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I sometimes forget too. 
And then I uh, had an audition to um, be the new bitchy cheerleader on Glee and got the job and had a week to pack up my stuff in New York and move to L.A. I stayed on in your guest bedroom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while finding an apartment, and I started working on Glee and was there for about three years. And you seasons. loved it. I loved it. It was it, great. It was a dream job. And you had to wear a cheerleading costume every day for three years. Every day. Every single day. And the same sneakers and the same ponytail. It was Groundhog's Day, but it was such a good time. Ugh. And – what was your favorite episode of Glee that you were on? Mm, there was an episode where we played, we all created superheroes, and mine was Femme Fatale, and I wore this head-to-toe latex cat suit. Mm, I remember this. Any episode where I got to get out of my cheerleading uniform was my favorite, but that one was pretty awesome. Was there only one cheerleading uniform or did you have multiple I had multiples and I stole one when we wrapped the series and it's framed in my dad's study oh (laughs) Tom Tobin Tom Tobin is my so excited um that's amazing okay so you go you do Glee Uh and then how do you get from Glee to Lady Gang so from Glee to Lady Gang I did a couple guest stars here and there and uh I think I did a TV movie or something And I was like, God, I'm so sick of waiting for my next job to come. I'm so sick of, like, not being in control of my own productivity and my own career. So Kelty and I – Kelty Knight is an entertainment journalist. We knew each other from New York. She is a host of Entertainment Tonight. And our friend Jack Vanek, who is a clothing designer, we sort of joined forces and we wanted to create this super – I hate the word authentic because I think it's so overused, but really just real – conversation with women in Hollywood. So we started this podcast, The Lady Gang, two and a half years ago. Um, And I just realized that I loved being able to be myself, uncensored. I wasn't saying like somebody else's lines that they had written for me. They were my own. And we created this group of women and the podcast just did really well because we were one of the first, you know, female driven podcasts Mm. out there. Uh, And the rest is history. And for people who don't know, mm-hmm. can you give like kind of like your elevator pitch of the show? Of the Lady Gang. Lady of the podcast. podcast. Or, okay. We'll so the there. podcast is it's a celebrity driven, um, unfiltered, silly uh conversation. I don't really the thing that's so like sad is I don't really have an elevator pitch. Still two years later. Yeah, because it's evolved so much. It started off as heavily primarily celebrity driven and then we realized that we had specialists come on like OBGYNs and dermatologists and girls were so hungry for that information so it's like those episodes did as well as the celebrities and we realized women just wanted to have real conversations and the three of us aren't afraid to talk about you know the like good the bad and the ugly of being a woman and right. I won't talk about it here because I'm not going to bring down the class level oh. of this podcast we're super well one of my favorite things that Kelty ever <laughs> talked about it was super early on was when she talked about I'm sure she still talks about it was her naked stretching oh yeah yeah when she's too lazy to have sex with her husband she <laughs> she so does like a nude yoga class and like lets him watch I to this day am super confused I don't understand how this is a win-win for everyone but she swears by it. She's a very busy lady. She's constantly working. And sometimes she just wants to have a naked yoga class and then have her husband enjoy it instead of having that It's multitasking. She's got to get her yoga. I guess. And then also her sexy time. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, 
Yeah. This is not just interviewing Darren Chris. No. No. This no. Is, there's more. But you guys, yeah, you do have men come on mm-hmm. who you interview mm-hmm. and also men specialists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kept trying to get your husband to come on, but he's too busy. One day. Dr. Jake. One day he'll come on. We'll see. I know. He also refuses to be on this pod. He's anti-podcast. <laughs> he's anti a lot of things. He's like, <laughs> you cannot have me on your podcast. Nobody cares. I was like, that's Everyone true. Everyone cares. No, no. No one wants to hear a husband and wife talk about books. Goodbye. Well, maybe you guys should have a special marriage uh, episode. Where like we, a just bonus. Read, we just sit in silence and read and you just hear the pages <laughs> turning. Yes. An afternoon with the Casey's. Yes. Um, okay. So... Lady Gang is super cool and popular and weird and just (laughs) all the things. And then you guys are like, we should make this into a TV. Like, talk about – it's going to be a TV show starting October. We premiere. October. On E! Holy cow. Okay, talk about it a little bit. So exciting. Okay, so it's based off the podcast. So the, like, spine of the show is essentially just you guys seeing us have a podcast. So we'll have a celebrity interview. And they're calling it a talk series. So it's a hybrid show. So it's not a talk show. So we're not like The View sitting around talking about everything. Um, But we have the interview and then we have field segments where the three of us sort of go out into the world and figure out what's hot in the zeitgeist and experience it. Or So like a vaginal cleansing totally. or something. Like all of those crazy things that you hear about and read about and oh you're God. wondering what it's like. We're going to go do that for people. And that is who you are. Totally. You love trying that I stuff. I just finished a three-hour facial. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even sure what happened in it. But you look very glowy. <laughs> for those of you. you who can't see Becca, she's very glowy Thank right you. now. Thank so you. It, it worked. Um, and it'll be on E and it will start in October. Mm-hmm. And do you know who your first guest is? We don't. So right Ooh. now we are sort of in pre-production is what it's called, where you submit your wish list of celebrities and then the network signs off on them or says, you know, no way. No. So. And how different is this from Glee? Super different. It's, well, first of all, I've never been in charge. I've always just been kind of a puppet. I get to work and somebody else does my hair and makeup the way they want it to be done. I wear whatever somebody else tells me to wear and I say whatever somebody else writes for me. So I am an executive producer on this, which means I'm sort of a a boss. And I'm never- No, you are a total boss. The boss. (laughs) Um, And so that's intimidating and super scary because I am essentially in charge of the fate of this show. Right. I mean, other things can come into play, but um, yeah, and it's unscripted. It's just us being us. And that's terrifying because Mm -hmm. I've been able to hide behind characters my whole career. Right. And if people, you know, people thought that Kitty was a bitch on Glee, but um, that didn't hurt my feelings because that wasn't who I was. Right. So when they see like Becca on TV, that do you is think me. if people found out that Becca was a bitch, that would hurt your feelings? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but spoken like a true bitch. Yeah, I know. There you go, no, Becca. It's true. But Own other up. things would hurt my feelings. Sure. Um, who decides how your hair and clothes and makeup look? You do. Now, yeah. I mean, I I get we got to hire our makeup artist, who's my favorite, and right. hairstylist, who's my favorite. It's just you know what I'm presenting to the world now is what I want to present right and, of and your version of, of Becca yeah and that's so terrifying it's gonna be so I'm so excited obviously we will be when the show premieres it'll be on our social oh media at the stacks don't okay. worry we're gonna promote it we're excited yes um okay so I want to get away a little bit from your professional life I want to talk about your personal life mm-hmm. a little bit so you are married I am to Mr. Martin mm-hmm. Zach mm-hmm. and he's like not in showbiz at all no he's in real estate and how does he feel about showbiz um he, I don't know. He's, he's so 
down to earth that it's sort of amusing to him. Right. Um, there's no, I mean, it, it, sometimes he'll, he'll be really excited for me and, you know, he obviously like celebrates my victories and like this TV show and all that. But I think the reason that I married him is because we, he realizes that I, that's not my identity and that's not what our life is going to be about. Right. So I have two very compartmentalized versions of, of, what life is and with him it's like no Hollywood no nothing right and um but he does like get dressed up and go to things oh yeah he'll be he he, like likes that stuff he's a good sport he likes putting on nice clothes and he loves like he's he's actually more social than I am so when I have to go to stuff for work that's like an event or a party he's like he's the best person to take because he actually has fun where I dread that stuff and I call it it's so much the job for me right so going with him makes it a little more fun that's great yeah um so before you were with Matt this is I guess public knowledge but Uh you had a partner who passed away suddenly Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty dark time in your life as one would expect yeah um and I know I have a lot of listeners who have gone through you know really hard things whether it be something sudden or like a Mm long-term cancer illness or you know we've all had our shit Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm always super curious about what people read yeah. in those times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read anything in particular or like any books or yeah. magazines or whatever, but if you would talk about that. Yeah, I actually, so that was about four years ago. And I, um, shortly after Matt passed away, I, someone recommended this book to me, Many Lives, Many Masters. And I think it was my hairstylist. And I was not a huge reader. I would read on vacation and mm-hmm. have like some fluffy fun book, but I was never really like, the self-help person or spiritual person. And so um, I weirdly, I had bought myself this really expensive chair. This is a long story, but I redid the bedroom that we shared because I wasn't leaving, but I also didn't want it to feel like the same bedroom. Right. So I was ready to sort of gut it and make it my own. And I bought this really expensive chair and at HD Buttercup, this that cloud, white yeah, oh this white God. cloud chair. And I was at the store and my friend Leah was like, just do it. It's such a great chair. You're going to love it. I got the chair and it created this like reading nook for me. Um, and then she recommended this book to me. And one night I sat down in that chair and I finished the book like cover to cover. And that is so unlike me, especially with that kind of a read. But I think what it was is it was the most comforting thing that I could have done for myself in that moment out of anything in the whole world. It's about um, kind of reincarnation. And it sounds insane. And I was somebody who was so anti all of this before, but it was so comforting. It's this neuro or a psychotherapist who has a, a client who has extreme anxieties and these really scary nightmares. So he does hypnosis with her. And through her sessions, she starts coming up with this information like it was a past life, like she was somebody else from a past life and kept doing this. And he was very skeptical. And then she started to talk to him about his son who had passed away. And nobody knew this. Nobody, she definitely did not know. And this was the age before Google and Facebook and whatever. So there was no way for her to know this. And she started giving him all this information about his son's passing and her and past lives. It was just this crazy crazy experience and reading it was the most comforting thing for some reason so anytime someone in my life loses a loved one I don't know if it resonates like it did for me but I give that book every time because it was the weirdest most comforting thing for me to have I remember when you read the book because 
I'm just going to reiterate, that's like not really a Becca book. No. Like, no. I remember because obviously like as your friend, you're going through this hard time yeah. and we're talking and you're like, oh my God, I just read this amazing book. I, I remember where we were. We were out to dinner um, at that Italian restaurant, Mom, Ostria Mama. Yeah. We were there. Melrose. Yeah. And we were at dinner and you're like, I just read this book. It's so great. And I was like, oh, cool. Sounds like very weird. <laughs> and then a week later, a friend of mine had just finished it and they brought it to my house and they were like, you can borrow it. And I was like, fine, I'll read this like weird book. Yeah. Like, I'm like, poor Becca. She's going through this hard time. Like, she's like <laughs> totally lost it. Like, whatever. And then I read it and I actually really resonated with it too. I know. I lost my dad a few years prior to that. And so I hadn't really like, I don't know. I didn't really read anything during that time that like at all related to grief. It just mm -hmm. wasn't how I dealt with it. Yep. But reading that book, I was like, oh, this kind of makes me feel better. Yeah. Because it was like comforting in a sense that like, A, you're not the only person who has lost someone. Mm -hmm. And B, like that, you know, if this book is true, if this version of the story is true, then those people are still around you. Yeah. Those like spirits or those souls or whatever are still around you. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel better when I would have a moment where I'd be like, oh, I, that such and such reminded me of my dad. I'd be like, oh, like maybe it's one of his yeah. lives or something. And it just made it feel better yeah. as opposed to like feeling weird and being like, that reminded me of my dad. That's weird. I'd be like, oh, that's yeah. another soul. Like that's another life in the master true. or whatever. And it's like, it makes death feel less permanent. It, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I can especially feel like soon after. Now mm -hmm. looking back on it, I'm like, I wonder if that book would resonate with me now. I always wonder and I won't read it again because I don't want to, I don't want to lose that right. feeling. That I don't know. I don't want to go back to it and be skeptical because I know that I would be at this point. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that certain books should be read at certain times For in your sure. life. And if you read the wrong book at the wrong, or the, a book at the wrong time, you could hate it. Yep. And I only feel that way because I once went back and read a book again and I was like, wait. Yeah. This was an amazing book. I know. I'm the loser. Um, anything else that you read during that time or no? That's really the one. Um, no. I mean, people gave me a lot of books at that time. Um, one was like Proof of Heaven. Mm. I, I didn't really – nothing else really did what, what that book did for me. But, you know, reading was, was an amazing escape for me at the time, though. But it was very specific what I wanted to read. Right. Like, don't give me a love story. I right. did read A Fault in Our Stars. Oh. And that was. Read that. It was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. <laughs> like, the dumbest thing. It's like, a, is it a cancer? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, remember that movie, A Walk to Remember with yeah, Mandy? It's, it's like, that. like that. That's and what I, I don't imagine know why I did that to myself. But oh. I certainly, yeah, it was not the right choice. How are you now with reading books like that? Like, heavy. Yeah. Well, one of the questions that you ask, I mean, I, I, for some reason now I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, but we'll discuss it when you ask me okay. about books that make you books cry. That make me cry. Why don't you just tell us about the book that made you cry <laughs> okay. since we're here. We'll skip it later. Okay. So, um, me before you, I don't know. That. Here's a crazy story. So it was, uh, Jojo Moya. Yeah. 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 Oh yes. I do know that. So I was, this is a, the weirdest thing. I was on vacation in Ohio with Matt, my boyfriend that passed away. And we met these really fun women at the spa because the spa has this co-ed area. These really funny women. And we talked, sat and talked with them for so long that night. And um, one of them was like, oh, my gosh, you're an actress. You have to read this book, Me Before You. It is amazing. It's incredible. And they're going to make it into a movie, which they did later. Okay. Um, and I, so I remembered that. And I was like, okay. You know, and I wrote it down on books I need to read, whatever. 
shortly after that trip, like I want to say a couple weeks later was when Matt suddenly passed away. And it wasn't until maybe two years ago that, or it was right before the movie came out, I was like, I'm going to read this book. Even though I knew that it was supposed to be really sad love mm-hmm. story. And I read the book and I was on an airplane and I was sobbing, like sobbing uncontrollably in on this airplane. So that was, I think, the maybe one of the only times I've ever cried reading the book. But I think it was because of the connection of like, right. I was like, did this woman know that my boyfriend was going to die? Like, this is so weird. <laughs> she was like a many life, many masters. Yes. She could like it see was, into the world. It was so crazy. That's very crazy. Creepy. Yeah. So I read it and it was just, yeah, it, it was just, it was so bizarre. But the the movie was really beautiful too, though. Who's in it? It was, remember? um, oh my gosh, people are going to kill me. It's okay. I'll I don't, put it all in the Khaleesi show. It's Khaleesi from, from Game of Thrones. Oh. What's her name? I don't, you know, I don't watch that. Shoot. Anyways, she was amazing. She's so good. Okay. But I have yeah. to look it up. I've, I've seen the book. I didn't realize it was sad. Oh yeah. I kind of, those covers don't really speak to me and I know you're I not know. supposed to judge a book by its cover, but oh, like, I do every day. I also don't really like fiction. So when people yeah. are like, oh my God, this great fiction book that has a bad cover. I'm like, Ooh, no, nope. I don't know. Mm-mm. This is not for me. Not for you. Um, okay. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I think that's super interesting. I always, I always like to hear when people talk about books, like in specific moments yeah. in their life, because I do really feel like in a given moment, a book could mean a lot or nothing. Completely. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Um, okay, let's talk about what it's like to be famous. <laughs> Because you are famous. I don't think of you as being famous, not, so it's kind of weird to say. I mean, I'm on, on like, in the spectrum of fame, I am not very famous. In the spectrum <laughs> of fame, you're not very famous, but in the spectrum of fame, you're also, like, you are kind of fa- It's, like, weird. Yeah. Because you have notoriety in certain worlds, and I mm-hmm. feel like you are close in close proximity to really like (laughs) LA things right like you go to like parties and you're like whoa like famous people are there I don't know right yeah Yeah, I mean I guess yeah I think the proximity thing is more accurate than me actually being famous I think that once you enter into the world of like television Hollywood sure you're you have a lot of really notable people in your periphery you went to a party and Jane Fonda was there you're famous <laughs> that is true that is true <laughs> and she was like one of my favorite star sightings ever um I mean it's weird because I think I never got into this business wanting to be famous I got into this business because I wanted to sing and dance on Broadway which I'm sorry no one gets famous doing right I mean now they do more so than they used to but sure. like Ben Platt you know from Right. Evan Hansen or whatever. Audra McDonald is like the one. Totally. But like most people don't know who Audra McDonald is. So I wanted to be Sutton Foster before Sutton Foster was on TV. You know, that was the the Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah. That was the career I wanted was Sutton Foster, Thoroughly Modern Millie. So I never wanted fame. I never thought about fame. I never thought what would it feel like if paparazzi were taking my photo. It just wasn't something that I ever thought about. So then when I was like thrust into LA and was on this hit TV show, I mean, the good news is it was an ensemble cast and I entered halfway through. So it wasn't as insane. But I definitely had those moments where we would fly to the Philippines and do meet and greets and people would freak out like we were the Beatles. And I I could not make the connection. It was the weirdest experience and it still is. It still is weird. It's still weird. And when people look at me funny in public, I never think to be like, oh, maybe they watched Glee. But that usually is what it is. Right. They recognize you, but they don't quite yeah understand they don't know yeah so or you weird. don't quite understand what's happening yeah. you're like why are you looking at me so <laughs> much of the time yeah and so much of the time people are just like you look so familiar to me how do I know you and they'll just continue to be like how do I know do you? you tell them no never I, this is a thing I've learned <laughs> by being around I have a friend Neil yeah. who's a dancer he was yeah. on so you think you could dance oh yeah and people always come up to him and they're like don't I know you and he's like no, <laughs> no. and I'm like he'll just be like did you watch so you think you could dance so we can get out of this awkward no. moment because it's so awkward. weird especially like as someone who's not famous at all and I'm standing there with Neil we're like at the movies getting popcorn or something and people like I swear man I know you like do you know my friend John and he's like no he's like I don't think we know each other yeah why don't you just be like yeah do you watch Glee or is that weird well because like what if one time you say that and they're like no we met at a party last week (laughs) you know what I mean you don't want to be an asshole that's true that's true I don't know I mean Sometimes I do want to save people from that moment and because I've been in that moment. I right. just realized that one of my neighbors is this actor who's on everything, but uh, he's not like a 
He's not so right. famous that he's a household name, but I, it was driving me for like a year. I kept being like, how do I know this person? I just figured it out. And I just wish he had told me it a year ago right. who he was. Well, especially if he's your neighbor and he's like right there. Yeah. I've had this, I teach, you know, fitness classes and I've had people in my class where I've been like, Hey, good to see you. And then realized <laughs> it's Ruby Rose. No, well, that happened once. <laughs> I had a, there's a food blogger that I love, Damn Delicious. Uh -huh. Her name in real life is Chung Gavri, and she has like really good food and I like to cook. And so her Instagram has a lot of pictures of her and her dog oh, also. No. And so she comes to Flywheel and I'm like, hi, good to see you. And she's like, hi. And then I look at my roster and it's like first time. And then I'm like, what? Because she goes by Damn Delicious. I only know her name because she wrote right. a Flywheel. And so then I'm like, what the fuck? This is so weird. And then the next day she comes back and I'm like, Oh my God. So then I go over and I'm like, sorry, it was weird yesterday. I love your blog. Your white lasagna is delicious. It's so good. It's really, it is really good. And then I freaked her out. You did? Of course. She was like, this person's like going on about every recipe she's ever cooked. And That's she's so my nice. teacher. But now we're friends. Oh, good. And we hang out. But it was like really embarrassing because I was like, hey, great to you see you her. again. Nope. I know. Anyways. Okay. What? <laughs> we're going to leave. But times we've embarrassed ourselves yes. with semi-famous people. Um, what? Well, wait. Besides Shane Fonda, who's like the most amazing person for you personally that you've like met or been near or talked to mm. that you've been like, yo, mm. dreams come true. I don't really. No one. Well, I mean, Jane Lynch is oh, okay. someone who is is now a good friend of ours. But she, when I joined the cast of Glee, and my first day on set was a scene with her. That was really because I grew up watching those Christopher Guest movies, right. and Best in Show is one of my top five movies. Right, and I just could not get my shit together. Like I was, am I allowed to cuss on this? It's yeah, like, I swear I all the like time. Eight. No, okay. all I do is swear. You okay, know, I good. can't help myself. So I couldn't get my shit together, and I just to this day I watch that scene and I cringe because I really was so bad. Not only was it my first day, I was so nervous, but then to throw me in with Jane Lynch, like oh, the right comedy genius, like. She's a legend. Right. And I think what's so great about her is that she lives up to my expectations, which is she's an amazing person. Yeah. So she I've actually been officiated Yeah, she was wedding. gonna say she officiated your wedding. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. I've met her a few times through yeah. you. She's always so nice. Mm -hmm. Always like ha engages with you, has a never too cool. Never. Even at your wedding, she and I were sitting and chatting and people kept coming up at your wedding being like Jane, like, hi, I'm a big fan. And she would like stop our conversation and be like, Thank you so much, yeah. like and take the time. Which is, of course, like, you know, yeah. the nicest thing. Because I would be annoyed. I'd be like, I'm actually having a conversation right now. No, she's so but kind. But she's so nice. Yeah, and she's so, she's so nice. humble. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, what's, like, the most – what's something that people always think is, like, glamorous or amazing about being an actor or mm -hmm. actress? And you're like, this is the pits. Um, I think that there's two things. Any kind of Hollywood party okay. is my worst nightmare. Okay. Um, and then the red carpet. So oh. I loathe that experience and it's a necessary evil sort of in our industry. But you, I guess I never realized, I've always loved fashion and I've always loved getting myself together. Like when I lived in New York, I was so like right. into that world, like just sex in the city and fashion and whatever. But, and I would dress like that and I would be so free about putting on something that made me feel good and not thinking twice about it and feeling great throughout the night. What happens when you walk around red carpet is you are under a microscope and mm -hmm. you can't just throw on something that makes you feel good because you actually end up looking crazy or just like <laughs> shit. So there's it's there's so much thought 
and time and preparation that goes into that and money. It's so expensive. expensive. Hair and makeup and stylists and all that stuff. And it just feels like a giant waste of money and a giant like it sucks the the confidence out of you in, right. inevitably. Because then you like see the pictures and you're like, why didn't anybody tell me this thing yeah. or that thing? It's just it's so hard to, you know, I mean, it's so hard. Wow, wow, wow. Who cares? Like right. for me. It's just it's just not my favorite part of the of the business. Right. And I've definitely from living in L.A. and going through that experience, I've become more self-conscious when I probably should be going the opposite direction as right. I get older. Right. But because of this, this industry, that's the hardest. Well, part. and I think like, you know, obviously you're saying for me because you're like you don't want to. You know, other there are real other oh problems God, yeah. in the world, but also I do think it's worth noting, like as a woman, whatever your job is, yeah. whenever someone takes a picture of you, like if it's a bad picture, or you feel weird, and you see yourself, you're like, oh, that's ugly, delete it, you know. Yeah. And like I can only imagine that it's not it's not like people who are in Hollywood don't have insecurities, yeah. like just because they're considered quote unquote beautiful or their dresses whatever right. doesn't mean that you lose. No. That part of being a human. It's amplified. I don't think you ever feel better about yourself when you're in the public eye. I think you just just focus on, I mean, that's just human nature, I think, to focus on the negative. Focus on the negative, which is, you know. Which is really great. It's so helpful. Super healthy. Makes you feel really good. I hope I have all boys (laughs) (laughs) who will become actors and then all hate their bodies too. And you'll be like, well, I should have just had a girl so I could put her in a tutu every once in a while. It's true. Um, Okay, we're going to shift over a little more book centric. Yeah. Because I know you want to talk about books and be nerdy I'm, with me. I, but I'm so, like, not a book person. That's so not this true. You read a lot. Um, I go through phases. But I don't read, like, great literature. You're one of my readingest friends in real life. That is shocking. You need better friends, smarter I mean, friends. I have, I do have smarter friends than you. Don't worry. <laughs> but you're one, you're in the top tier. Let's yeah. put it that okay. way. Okay. Well, that feels good. You, yeah, you made it. Okay. I'm, so I'm what about are, to let you down. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to just be like, ooh, bad pick. <laughs> Letting me down, Becca. Can we edit this out? Yeah. Uh, um, two books you love and one book you hate. Okay. The Rules of Civility by okay. Amor Toll. Okay. And South of Broad by Pat Conroy. Those are the loves. The loves. Okay. And I hate saying this Uh-oh. because, like we said, it could have been the time in my life that I read yeah. it. On the Road. You're the second person for your that to be your hate. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, my Sam, gosh. You know Sam Pinkleton. Yeah. He hated it, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just... That feels very liberating because as, especially as an artist and you're supposed to be so bohemian and free. I ha- stopped reading I it. I felt icky. And I, I think it's because also it, maybe if I read it now, I would I would appreciate it more because I think I've gotten actually a little bit more of a become a little more adventurous and free spirited mm-hmm. as I've gotten older. But at the time of my life that I read it, I think it was when I was like waking up at 8 a.m. to do ballet for six hours a day and so regimented. And I, the thought of like just running off and doing a road trip and like doing drugs and hit and picking up hitchhikers was terrifying <laughs> to me. So it wasn't glamorous. It did not sound glamorous. It was me. not for it you. It stressed me out. Do you, I want to go back a second. Do you want to say anything nice about the books you love? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's always a fun it's place. It's more important, pe- right? Well, yeah, I just, I feel like you just like said the names. I know. We'll okay. say the names for other things later when we get bored. Perfect. But like, I feel like you should pitch your faves. Okay. The Rules of Civility. Um, I was, I think uh, it's about New York in the late 1930s and it's this woman who's 25 and she kind of is, for lack of a better word, an opportunist, but not in the negative way, but in like, she was going to take the world by its horns and like meet the right Mm -hmm. people and blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of about this transitional year for her. And 
it's just it's great like the people she meets and how she gets into this upper echelon of society and I think because it was like jazz music and Mm -hmm. martinis and socialites and I don't know I'm into that and it was just it was good and it's also we all have those years that are so mundane and they start the way they finish they're Mm -hmm. kind of like that was an okay year this is the year where this chain of events happens and it's sort of what launches her into this new right. chapter of her life. I just like those sorts of yeah, yeah, yeah. books because that happens to me on the regular. <laughs> um, South Abroad, I loved because um, it's for some reason it's like Charleston and super historical and it's about this group of friends who goes who they all go through their crazy life challenges but they all come back together and help one another. It covers like AIDS in the 80s in San Francisco and um, segregation in public schools in Charleston. This is the book you wanted to read on this show. Oh, it might have been. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, no, we're going to read The Mars yeah. Room. Yeah, it's just, it's great. It's just a, he's such a beautiful writer, Pat Conroy. You you feel like, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. I have to read this. It's good. Um, okay. What is the last great book you read? The Girls. Um, it's sort of like a Marilyn. Uh, not Marilyn. I was going to say Marilyn Charles. Manson. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Charles Manson. It's a uh, fiction. Yes. However, it's, I think it's Emma Klein is the name mm-hmm. of the writer. Um, and it's about this girl who kind of falls into this group of hippies and she comes really enchanted by them and their free spirit. And they introduce her, her to this leader of their house. And it's a very like Manson type person. And she gets involved and deeper and deeper and deeper and does the drugs. See, I liked drugs in this like book. I don't know. Um, and then an event happens and it's very much, it's very similar to like the Sharon Tate okay. murder. They're making that a movie. I know. Did you I'm not scared. audition to be Sharon Tate? I don't think I really happen? could pull off Sharon Tate. I don't think I, yeah, no. I think you could. Like her troll sister. <laughs> I don't think she has a sister. She does have a sister who's been very vocal about this Oh movie. yes. Oh wait, you're right. Yeah. I love okay. the Manson murders because you know, I love like cults and murder and yeah. stuff. I'm very excited about the movie, except for that Quentin Tarantino, of course, had to cast uh, like a hashtag Me Too kind of guy, oh, yeah. Emil Hirsch. And it's like, is there no one else who could I play a Tarantino creepy? I thought Tarantino was in some hot water. He is too, okay. which is like, of course, you're making. Anyways, mm. I could talk a lot about how yeah, yeah. I'm like not excited, but excited for this movie. But yeah. like Brad Pitt's in it. Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in it. I can't believe it's just now happening. And I think Greta Gerwig is playing her. That's an interesting Someone, choice. It's, it's not... The other one that she works with. No, no. It's Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. That's who Well, it that is. makes sense. I was going to say, <laughs> it's the one who works with Greta Gerwig, yeah, yeah. right? Because some, uh, I don't know. Well, no, no. They were in. Margot Robbie did I, Tanya. Greta Gerwig yes. did Lady Bird. Same, Same like, award class. season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Um, what are you currently reading? Um, Commonwealth by Ann Patchett. <gasps> Do you love it? Okay. So I'm, I'm probably halfway, maybe a little less than halfway. I do love it, but it's a little slow. It's a little okay. bit like I'm not even sure still what this book is about. I think it's one of those books. Though. It's just one of those. Books. I haven't read it, but the someone told me that they great. loved it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to finish it, but I, it's not necessarily the type of book where you just can't wait to see what happens next because really like not much happens next. Right. But it's just. I mean, it's like family drama. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I love. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you pick? the next book you're going to read my sister-in-law is a crazy crazy reader which one krista oh, okay she reads probably like 10 books a week it's insane i've never experienced anything like this um and she's she and i share the same taste so a lot of the time she'll finish a book and just like text me the name of it i can't keep up though so right. 
I have like a list of like 500 books. They call that your TBR, your to be read. Yeah. It's very big in the book community. And mine is just like a couple hundred books. Yeah. Mine's not bad. I've seen people who have thousands of books. I'm like, okay. I can't, I can't have another list in my life. No, no. It's all, mine's on Goodreads. That's good. Um, What's on your nightstand? (laughs) So it's funny because you Instagrammed about this, I think recently Uh that you are a badass. Oh yeah. So I bought the book in an airport and I felt very silly and a little embarrassed that I was buying it. I buy it, you know, and airport books are expensive too. Mm -hmm. It's like $25. Books are expensive. Books are expensive in general. It's like $25. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to invest and I'm going to have to read this. I get on an airplane. I open it. I I read two pages and then I get tired and I put it away and I fall asleep. I leave that book on the freaking airplane. I tell you about it and you, thank God, had the copy of it and you gave it to me. And I hate to say this, but I have had that on my nightstand now for weeks. I cannot do it. I just finished it this week. It's annoying. It's a little annoying. Here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to give Jen Sincero, the author, a little bit of credit. Mm -hmm. I think that the book is marketed as something different than self-help, but it is a Mm self-help book in the self-helpiest, healthy way ever. The most. And so I think she's done a disservice by making the title so like, this is unlike anything you've ever read. Like, you're a badass. Like, fuck it up. Like, woo. Because it's really not that. It's like much more self-helpy. Yeah. Which is not a bad genre, but I think that when your expectation is like, this is going to be different and someone's going to really tell me, like, tell it like it is. No. And I also think part of it is like self-help that there aren't that many different creative answers. Like a lot of it is like, love yourself. Yep. Forgive people. You have enough time. Yeah. Your idea is worth pursuing. Like, I think that the information is the same. And so it's kind of like, (laughs) I don't know what I I was expecting her to be like, eat French fries and go to sleep at six. Don't do homework. Like, (laughs) you're going to be a star, right? Like, I was expecting it to be the opposite. And it's exactly like every other self-help book. I listened to it. But like, what would happen is I would zone out for sections and I'd be like, do I want to go back? Eh, I figured it out. So yeah, it's a, it just... But that, to me, is a book that if you read it at the right time in your life, Completely. like if you were on the precipice of like yep. launching your own business or like you and your wife got a divorce yep. and you wanted to, you know, whatever or something like that, I feel like it could really resonate. Yep. But for me, just like on a Tuesday listening, I, know. I was like, ooh. I know. I didn't feel like the fire under my ass right. that I thought I would. I didn't right. feel ready to make changes right. or that everything is going to be amazing after I put this book down. I sort of just felt like it was information I already knew. I would have preferred like the habit book, the one mm-hmm. that you talked about. Have um, you read that? No, but it's You'll on my love list. that. You'll love that. Like that to me is, what's the name of it? Uh, the Power of Habit. Yes. So when I heard you talking about that, that to me, because it's implementing things that you can do to become a badass. Right. And it also explains. Yeah. And why. Like how these things yeah. work. That to me is It's a little bit more like Malcolm gladwell E. Yes. As opposed love. to like. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Like get like it's. This book is like books Kelty likes, right? Where it's like affirmations in the mirror, yes, like all that stuff. Yes. And you and I don't really subscribe no. to affirmations Mm-mm. in the mirror. I'm a little bit more like, can I have a roadmap? Yeah. Like give me things to do and I will do them. That's like I exactly. love a box to check. 
Yep. Check a box. Um, right. Okay. Well, I finish it. You probably don't have to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the secret ending. It ends with you are a badass. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you, you so it. much. Um, okay. What's a book you love to recommend to people? So we talked about it earlier. Oh, many yeah. lives, many masters. Okay. Just, what's a book that someone's recommended to you that you've loved? All the missing girls. Ooh. So um, it's like a psychological suspense. Oops. I just hit this spring. It sounded like I a know. It sounded like a bell or something. It's kind of cool. Let's not make a habit of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a like psychological suspense. Two girls go missing like ten years apart from each other, and this girl goes home to her hometown, and like you know, it's I love those types of books when I'm on vacation. Who recommended it to you, Krista? Um, I think Krista did. Okay, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about the or what about reading goals? Like, do you have plans for your reading? I don't, only because I have to read so many scripts, and I just feel like it becomes a chore if it's something I force, I'm forcing right. myself to do. Cause you have to, re- I think people don't know this. We talked about it a little bit when Vela was on a few weeks ago, uh-huh. but actors read a lot, a lot scripts. Mm-hmm. What else? M- memoirs or I personally read a lot of um, like, if it's a project about someone who actually, they're doing so many of these autobiographical what a series, biopics, biopics yeah. whatever. So if it's something that they're doing based on a real person, a lot of the time there's so much liter- literature about that person. So, so you'll I read try, the script and then try to read about the person. Yeah, if, but that's only if I have like a callback, not right. for like my initial audition. <laughs> I can't work that hard. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> that's a full on Wikipedia yeah, no. moment. If that, no. um, but yeah, I, I'm always shocked by how much, and like you also are interested in doing producing mm-hmm. yourself so mm-hmm. you must be reading things to turn yeah. into things hopefully or yeah in the, or with an eye on that yeah in your reading I mean that's one of my favorite things to do is read friends scripts but only like my really talented friends so don't send them <laughs> don't send them to Becca Tobin at yeah Becca like my friends who are way 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 talented way more talented than I am that's... do you want my mix CD or oh please if I could just listen I usually hang out on Venice and hand it out to people Great. but I could just give it to you here. is there a lot of Beyonce Oh, it's my singing. Oh, it's just you. It's just my original oh, okay. acapella. Yeah, even better. Yeah, Let's I'm talented. Um, okay. What about genres that you love or avoid? I love fiction. I really do. I think it's the actress in me. I just love a good story. Um, I wish that I could read more nonfiction and maybe get a little more like history up in my brain. <laughs> But it just doesn't interest me. I think what I love the most about nonfiction is reading stuff that takes place in a real place, in a real, like, era, in, during a real war. But I don't necessarily want to know the ins and outs of the war. You want to know about, like, the person the people who, in, like, yeah. whose husband died. I totally. have some nonfiction for you that I think that you'll like. Okay. I also have a nonfiction book called Bad Blood. Have you heard of it? No. Have you heard of Theranos, which is, like, this company in the Bay Area and it was like a scam and this woman was the CEO and she scammed everybody. It was a biotech company. Oh my God. Okay. I think you'll that love it. Amazing. It's nonfiction. It moves really fast. Okay. I actually think we might do it on the show in okay. the fall. Um, but not only is it great, I, if they haven't optioned it yet, they must and you actually could play this woman. Oh good. She wears a black scammer. turtlenecks all the time because oh. she tries to be like Steve Jobs just gonna and say. she talks in a fake deep voice. Oh my God. To like be taken more seriously like a man. So she'll be like, the thing about Theranos is like Stop. you have to her name is Elizabeth Holmes. Everyone go Google her like TED Talk or whatever. Sounds amazing. 
She's now, it's like now a whole thing. She's she like in indicted. Well, she, it's like going on. Ooh. This company was like a real live moving company, with like famous people on the board um, up until like 2016. Damn. Anyways, you, you should I'm be gonna at work Elizabeth on my Holmes. Deep voice. Yeah, way I deeper. I can't. <laughs> you sound like a cartoon typed out. character. That's what she sounds like. It sounds like she's like got something in her throat. It's fucking crazy. Anyways, oh. I have good nonfiction for you. Just okay. let me know when you're ready. Okay. Um, how do you read? Ebook, audio, physical copy. Ninety percent of the time, it's a physical copy. I love a paperback book a lot. Okay. Hard co- hardback stresses me out. Do so you hit yourself in the face when you no? Fall asleep? Because I'm scared that I'm gonna make it dirty or oh. mess it up because it looks so pretty on the shelf when you're done, but only right. if you haven't destroyed it. Sure. And they're expensive, so I want to take good care. But I don't like taking care of my books. So right. paperback, and I'll listen to specific books. Um, what's your ideal like reading setup? Where do you read? What's the weather? What are um, you wearing? <laughs> I am a really good reader on an airplane. Ugh, yes, because I suffer from ADD. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at home, there's so many things that will like mess up my flow. I can still do it sometimes, but airplanes are amazing. You just put on your earplugs, especially if you're flying alone. Uh Earplugs or like classical music on my iPod. Did I just say iPod? Mm -hmm. iPhone. iPod. I'm 45 years old. iPod touch. Um, Anyways, so (laughs) I love an airplane read and no one bothers you. I love an airplane read, but do you know what I've started doing? I simulate airplane by going in my room, closing the door, putting on the air conditioning and putting my phone on airplane mode. Oh, no. See, I don't think I have the discipline you, for that. It, I set an alarm at an hour at a time. I heard you talk about this it's on the podcast. Works for me. You're crazy. It, well, I have to read I also a lot have a dog. She's going to just need me. What? <laughs> need you to do what? Snuggle <laughs> so her? Things. All she does is sleep. She does. Becca's dog is so cute. She's the cutest. I posted her on the Stacks Instagram and I got a lot of feedback. They're like, oh my God, is that your dog? I was like, uh, yeah. Sort of. My sure. God dog. She's my God dogger. um what's the last book that made you laugh jenny mullen i like you just or i like you just the way i am i don't know that she is okay so jenny mullen is an actress writer comedy whatever person she kind of does everything she's jason biggs's wife actually from american pie yeah sure um she wrote this book several years ago which is when i discovered her and it's just shamelessly hilarious stories from her life. She's somebody who is just so, when I say she's so honest, like literally no shame. I can't explain it. You have to read it. If okay. you enjoy um, like just shameless female comedy stuff. Which I don't. But I bet she you probably reads like her audiobook, and I bet it's great. I actually wonder if she does. I feel like those kind of books, like comedy yeah. books about life, like Tiffany Haddish's book yeah. I talked about before. I feel like those kind of books make great audiobooks yeah. because the person reads it and they like put in their inflection and they totally. really like paint the picture yeah. say the name of it again i like you just the way i am by jenny okay. mullen she has another one um like live fast die hot or something okay. it's just one of those like really great vacation reads yeah i la- i giggle the whole time because you're you're like oh my god i've been this girl I but i have she's saying i this. do not have this the courage to, to like this. announce this to the yeah, world she's amazing um what about the last book that made you angry um so stolen lives it was, um, it's about, it's, it's a true story. Actually, I read some fiction. Go. I mean, nonfiction. Aren't you proud of me? Uh-huh. Um, a Moroccan woman who was enslaved with her family for over 20 years. And because the, her father was like the right-hand man to the king, was involved in a coup, 
that they thought was to try to kill the king, and they enslaved the entire family. And they dug a tunnel and escaped from prison, but got captured again. It's this. It's so the content of the story made you angry. Angry. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, sometimes people pick books that they're like, "This book was so bad, I hated it." And sometimes people so no, because like if I if a book's making me angry because it's like crappy writing or just a stupid message, I just don't finish. Don't finish. But this one just made me angry because it's it's the most insane true story ever you stolen are, lives i gotta read that that you, sounds like my jam i brought it you can t- you can take it thank you mm-hmm. um what about a book where you feel like you learned a lot okay this is so dorky but it's okay. guns germs and steel i've heard incredible <laughs> things about that book also nonfiction. yeah see you just need the right nonfiction. i mean this i would never go back and do this again i would never read this book again only because it's First of all, it's like it's the encyclopedia, the size of the book. There's so much information. You really only take in about 3% of what he's writing about, but it is fascinating. He, you know, he's essentially trying to say that there are no superior races or people. It's all right. about geography and population and it's insane. It's based it's like a million year study of evolution. Oh my gosh. Okay. Societies. I, it's on my list, obviously. It's nonfiction. You, it's intense. I'm nonfiction. sorry for recommending it. <laughs> no, it was already on my list. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I had it long okay. before. Um, are there any books you feel that you're really proud that you've read? I mean, that one okay. for sure. Yeah. The other one is uh, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. And you're proud because you Because I quit smoking. Good for you. It's crazy. And nothing ever worked before. And I did that actually on an audiobook. Okay. For some reason, I was in my car and reading it was great, but hearing it was incredible. Okay. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. Um, what about a book you're embarrassed about having read? Fifty Shades of Grey. Sure. You're not the first person to say it. <laughs> I read all three. And it's embarrassing because I liked it. I mean, I didn't dislike it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have finished it. I read it. all three. Like, I obviously was into it. I did not read all three. Oh. I didn't. I know. How dare you? I felt like, I felt like one, I got it. You know what I mean? It was Oh, one Becca, you done. have no idea. There was so much more <laughs> drama. My gosh. There were more airplanes. I just couldn't handle how she continued to call the vagina my sex. I don't Do even you remember, remember that. No. It was, I blocked it out. How could you not? The whole book is about her vagina. I was really more focused on their upward mobility. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> it was about sex. I missed that. Could you imagine? Um, <laughs> what about book? a book that you're embarrassed that you've never read? This is so embarrassing. I don't believe it. The Alchemist. Oh, it's... I don't like The Alchemist. Really? Yes. It's like my brother's... One of my brother's favorite books. It's like everyone's favorite book. I didn't... I, that might have also been a time in my life situation. You were ready for it. But now I'm like not that interested to reread it because I feel like people are like so annoying about it. They're pretty like, annoying. Oh, the alchemist changed Some my life. Some guy gave it to me on our first date in New York and I didn't like that guy. So then the book... Was there I wasn't... another date? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> and I think I gave it to a friend of mine. It became like the her next favorite day. book. Yeah. And he oh. had wrote a message. It was the weirdest thing. But... On a first date? Yeah. It was super weird. <laughs> Um, like, what was the message? Hey, really looking forward to tonight. I don't know. I can't even remember. It was like a lifetime ago. Oh, But it was, it was an interesting choice. Okay. Speaking of your lifetimes ago, how about a favorite book from your childhood? I loved the Berenstein Bears mm. so much as a child. I mean, that's real childhood. Real childhood. Yeah, before I could probably even read. People read it to you. I loved it. Do you ever go back? Have I, you ever gone back? Yeah, my nieces and nephew. Oh, of course. My niece and nephew, like, you know. They have them, and it's just nostalgic. Do they like them? Not as much as I did. They're like reading, like yeah, they don't care. They're like reading iPads. Yeah, I was just gonna say they're (laughs) on their iPads. Um, What about a favorite book that was assigned to you in school? (laughs) The 
this is so twisted and probably says so much about me. I loved The Scarlet Letter. Oh, I've never read it. I just bought it. I mean, I couldn't tell you why, but that that left this crazy mark on my, I, I don't know, my up, my life. I was so enraged. <laughs> and I'm not an adulteress. I was so enraged. And I just, I think because it was so scandalous at the time. Sure. I was so young. Well, you're kind of like a little bit of a social justice warrior. Maybe that's yeah, yeah, why. Yeah, maybe. You were like feel early it was, on. It was scarring. Wow. Yeah. Um, what about a book that you would assign if you were like a high school teacher? Okay. This is weird, but someone assigned it to me in college and it was The Art of War plus oh. The Art of Sales. Okay. So this guy, Gary Gagliardi, okay. he takes The Art of War and on each page he has the actual original Art of War on the left passage and then he translates it into how to apply that in business. Okay. And the art of sales, in my opinion, every job is essentially a sales job. Right. Whether you're actually a salesman or whatever, you're going into a field where you're trying to sell yourself or something else or whatever. So it really resonated with me. It was so simplified. It's sure. just – and it's about being, like, honest and doing your research and knowing your knowing other people. It's kind of a psychological, you know, yeah. element to it. But I – for some reason, really. That was like, you are a badass. That's what I expected out of okay. you are a badass. <laughs> Life-changing. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, that's what weird. about a book where you saw yourself reflected back? Okay. So Amy Poehler wrote an autobiography. And so, so much of her, because obviously we're both actresses, mm -hmm. she's way more successful than I am. But just so much of her um, early career and her feelings about the industry. We mm -hmm. just share so much of that in common. And you're both blonde. We're both blonde and really short. Um, is she tiny? I think she's pretty tiny. Um, what are you, 5'2"? Five 5'2 two? Five two and a half. Oh, sorry. Excuse yeah. me. I forget. Children mm -hmm. and short people <laughs> like to add half inches in so like months. How old are you? I'm three and a quarter. I, uh, I'm going to start answering that I'm 32 and a half <laughs> and I'm 5'2 and a half. It's so true. I'm five seven and three eighths. Hi. Well, I need every little thing can help. I know. You I know. know I you know. know. Um, what about a favorite character from South of Broad? Sheba Poe is uh, one of the. She plays a twin. Her twin brother is a boy. Obviously, brother. Um, <laughs> like so brain dead and she's an actress she goes off to become an actress but she has this really troubled childhood and it's a super layered character and really you love her and you hate her um she's she, she's like one of the most three-dimensional characters in fiction in my opinion love that yeah um what about favorite authors I since I started reading so you know you get out of school and for me at least, I hated being forced to read certain mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I got out of school and I just thought I hate reading because I hated reading in school. So I took a huge break. And then in my early 20s, mid-20s, my sister suggested I read Emily Giffen. Oh. And because I it, it's like nice, it's fiction. It makes you feel good. It's good stories. It's it, and I'm not going to say it's like simple, but it's not complicated. It's mm -hmm. just good storytelling and good writing and um, at the time I could identify with so many of the characters. And so I've read every single Emily, Emily I've not read a single one. Yeah. You, I don't think no. it would be up your alley. It's okay. <laughs> every book is for you. It's true. Um, 
Emily, what's the, she just had a book that came out, the blue one with yeah. like the starry yeah, cover. Yeah. Um, it, and I just finished it. It's, um, all we ever wanted. Mm. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was different for her. What's I your thought favorite? She did a really nice job. My favorite was something borrowed that got turned into a movie with Kate Hudson. And, oh, um, is that when they have the same wedding day? What's no, that no, no, one? that's like Bride Wars. Bride Wars. Love, kids. great film. <laughs> great film. Great I love film. that movie. I'll <laughs> never turn away from that movie. I love that genre of like rom-com slash like girl fight. Yes, which is why I don't understand that you don't read that. Like this is. I don't know. I think you should give Emily Giffen a try. I'll get, I'll try. Okay. Hold on. She did not write Bride Wars. <laughs> no, no, no. She wrote something <laughs> borrowed, which is in the same. I mean, it's a, there's a more depth to this movie than bride wars but it's the same like feel good you know rom-com yeah whatever i think i might like feel good you will i I like it i like reading anything i'll pick anything up yeah the question is will i get through it or Mm -hmm. will i not and also will i be furious if i finish it because sometimes people will recommend a book and like, oh my God, it's so good. The ending is yeah. amazing. And I get into it and I'm like, this book is garb. I hate it. Yeah. And then I'm like, but they said the ending was good. So I read another 400 pages and then I get to the ending and I'm like, you didn't yeah. see this coming, you asshole. I know. Like this book is trash. I feel like that with movies sometimes with people. Yeah. Um, but at least a movie is like three hours. This That's is like true. five days <laughs> or true. a month, depending on how I bad. I felt like that, that. Do you remember the book? The rules do not apply. No. Ariel Levy. I've seen it. I've never read it, obviously. That got so much hype on like social media and all these people in my life. And then I read it and it's not bad. I think I probably would have enjoyed it more without the hype. Mm -hmm. But I did finish it and feel like. I I hate everybody who spoke to me about this Yeah, I wish you didn't tell me to read this. I'm going to send this book. I'm going to jam this book down your throat. Yeah. Like I hate everybody. And it's fine. It's just like I don't. Yeah, I felt like I didn't need it. All the time. I get pressured and I'm like, (laughs) okay, fine. I've seen it everywhere. I have to read it. And then I read it and I finish. And I'm like, what are you people talking about? I know. Anyways. Okay. Last. We'll do our last question. My favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, If you could require the current president to read one book, (laughs) what would it be? The Age of Empathy, Nature's Lesson for Kinder Society. I think that speaks for itself. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to add or say about reading or books or anything? No, I just love your podcast. Thanks, Becca. Okay. I'll link to everything in the show notes. Becca and I will be back next week. We're reading Rachel Kushner's new book, The Mars Room. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically if Orange is the New Black was bleak as fuck. (laughs) Like, it's like the darkest <laughs> orange is the new black ever. That's the best um, description. Truly. Like, people are like, it's about, I'm like, no. No. It's, it's if Piper <laughs> was like, had real problems. If she were poor. If Piper, if Piper were, poor were poor and had a drug problem <laughs> in a real way and was in How a Mexican How did Piper security. end up in jail? She was like a drug mule for like a rich right. person. Right. Okay. Okay. For something. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, we'll talk about Piper next week. We'll talk about the book next week. Um, Rachel Kushner is the Mars Room. Becca, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll see you guys in the stacks. Bye. That does it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you to Becca Tobin for joining us. We will be back next week with Becca to discuss The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. Please make sure that wherever you listen to your podcast, you are subscribed to The Stacks. And if you're listening through iTunes, please rate and review the show. Our theme music comes from Tagirajis, and our graphic designer is Robin McCripe. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas.